Welcome to the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Podcast, where it is our mission to debunk the lies of the enemy and announce freedom to those still lost in the darkness and addiction. That's it. I'm changing the intro. Welcome to another edition of Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Podcast. I am your host, John Gallagher, the infamous Brother Phoenix, and I'm sitting right next to Palmer, the K-Swiss killer. You can do whatever you want. Change it. I don't care. I got fired from this podcast. What am I even doing here? Don't get in your feelings. Why am I here today? Where is Stacy? Listen, listen, I know. Didn't you hire Stacy? I know a therapist. Where is Stacy? I do know a therapist. I can probably get you an appointment. We're going to need to talk. Okay. You know what? We should do a whole podcast about why I got fired and how my feelings are hurt and how she can help me. Joke's on you. This is intervention time. This is why we invited Thank you Thank you, <laughs> Jesus. Both podcasts coming together to explain to me why I got fired and what I am doing here today. I could be doing 472 other things, and yet here I am with you three people. This well, now that, you, now that you mentioned two other people that, that are here, we are, we are joined today by the unashamed recovery podcast crew jonah holling josh hollingshead jonah well there's a there's a inside we're gonna need to hear we might we might tell it and drew smith welcome guys guys. welcome to the black sheep recovery warfare podcast so happy to have you thanks for having us thanks for having us. and i guess palmer I'm not a part of black sheep i'm just here as part of the unashamed crew you're here because we felt sorry for you i you ain't got to feel I'm sorry just kidding. for Listen, me. Let me just clarify something right now. I love Palmer with all of my heart and soul. He is my brother, and although I had to fire him, <laughs> and as bad as it hurt me, I don't regret it. Not don't even regret first it. Second. Not even a no, minute. No, no, no. Those are jokes. Those are jokes. I, I mean, Palmer, I just want to clear this up real quick. Palmer did not get fired, for those that were wondering. It's just that Palmer is a very important man. Not important. He is I'm a, very busy. He, he is a very busy, important man. He has a he has a full time ministry of his own called Giving Grace. They do praise and worship at, at several events in several churches. Um, he's also uh, he's also on staff trying to go on tour, so I don't have to do any of this anymore. <laughs> yeah, he will certainly clear his schedule for that. But that's what you know. Those are his goals that he's working for. He's bit you know he's on staff at the point. That. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's like I'm done. Yeah. Okay, let me, me look. I'm done. As, as we talked about uh, the other day, we should have done a video about it because yeah. pe- many people have messaged me asking, yeah. Did you get fired? Why aren't you on Black Sheep? Uh, you know, there's times where I've missed a couple unashamed. Why aren't you on Unashamed? Three. Here's the thing so with Black Sheep, my role was always meant to be as a starter, I was always going to be here for just you to have a sounding board and get your feet wet. John felt like he for whatever reason, I feel like you felt like you couldn't do it by yourself out the gate. And so I was here to help facilitate that. Yeah, that, and let, that's let me it. Uh, and, and then when Stacy came along, she really realized, or y'all really realized that that is the dynamic that this show needed. And so with my schedule being so busy and me having to miss some, a uh, couple episodes when I was sick too, yeah. it just worked out that that Stacy came along. She was a great fit, and when she can't be here like today, yeah. I'm I'm happy to step in. And and uh, you know, perfectly waited, very well said. And and what you did from first episode and then every episode was, uh, I got comfortable. Yeah, I got comfortable doing this, and I I, I ended up doing a couple episodes on my own that worked out very well. So yeah. I found my comfort zone, and uh, and um, you know, like you said. Uh, 
when, when Stacy can't record, uh, you're always available when, when, when we need you. And let me tell you something, you will always be a black sheep. You Amen. will always be my brother. And I love you from the bottom of my heart. And I, I can't imagine what it would take for you, whatever it would be for you to do to actually get fired from all of that. <laughs> but whatever it is, don't do it. I'll start working on I'm that. Putting stuff on t-shirts. <laughs> on the flip yeah. side, <laughs> he did get fired from Unashamed Recovery. Yeah. Uh, okay, now, so, now, now that's not, that, full story? that has nothing to do with me. <laughs> no, all right. <laughs> all right. Great. So let me, let me introduce my I am my not guys. fired from Unashamed. <laughs> I've never been fired from Unashamed or Black Sheep. Thank you very much. He, now, wasn't, he wasn't fired. He was let go. I was let go. I was, I was asked to resign. I was not fired. I was asked to put in my resignation and I fully obliged. <laughs> right. So welcome, welcome, Unashamed Recovery to the podcast, yeah, man. man. Josh yeah. Hollingshead, uh, Drew Smith, uh, you guys were with with me from the beginning of all of this, man. If it hadn't been for you guys, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Hey, man, we we are grateful to have just a small part of it, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Just, yeah. Oh, glory to God, obviously. But man, let me tell you, had we had that had that meeting never taken place, you know, none of this would have been possible. Well, so I just want to say thank you. And all of that came from Night of Hope. Yes. And Eddie Poole. Yeah. Yeah. All, and all of that came from prison and 32 years of rebellion from the Lord. You know, Eddie so. Poole, the biggest, the busiest man in recovery. Yeah. Definitely that. He's I bet you were going to say show's business. <laughs> well, while we're on the subject of Eddie Poole, don't forget that this Saturday night at Trinity Wesleyan Church on Sidewell Road in Byram is Night of Hope. Yep. And, and what it, what's the date for this Saturday night? Because people February are not 10th. to it right now. February 10th. All right, good. February 10th, what time? 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. Sure. In Byron. In Byron. At TWC. I know that Danny, I know that Danny that Ivy. we went to? No. Trinity to Westland? No. Which one did we go to? You turned? Y'all went to the new uh, Hope Fellowship. In Byron. Yeah, well, you, you, weren't, weren't there. you weren't there. No, you went to Hope Fellowship. Uh, which one are you talking about? We yeah. went to one that was down in either McGee or Collins. Yeah, that was... Oh, that was over, overflow. Yeah, that was overflow. For, that's what it was. Uh, oh, you just want U turn. Yeah, not a, not a hope at U turn. Yeah. yeah, but that would have not hope. That was their own. That was a church's. Yeah. Okay, they were putting it on their own. Gotcha. That had nothing to do with Eddie. So we hope to see all of you there. I know Danny Ivy will be uh, speaking that night. Um, Black Sheep will be there with the with the table. Um, Casey, I can't even see if I get her name right. Casey John. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm not going to get your last name right but she's the female speaker that night i apologize for uh you know jacking up your last name i do apologize <laughs> but uh from what i understand i've never it's even heard podcast, it but she's man. got a very powerful testimony i know danny does because we literally just had a conversation with him yes so, yes but anyway awesome. uh that's a future of that episode of unashamed yeah, that y'all are gonna have out. to catch and uh let's 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 get to let's get to the the meat of this program so um we're gonna talk to josh and drew and uh we're gonna get into josh's testimony and and how and how he uh, birthed the idea for an Unashamed Recovery podcast. But first, I want to back up into your test. Tell me, Josh, what does chapter one? What, what, if you, if, <laughs> the what, tables have turned. What, what is chapter one? What is it? What, what's oh, the title of first, chapter one? Hold on. First, let me clarify. The reason we're only doing Josh's testimony today is because we don't have three episodes to do Drew's testimony. Look, I that was a mini series. I have fixed that issue, okay? <laughs> I have stopped talking about like the the detailed craziness, and I've I've, I've you know I've had it marginalized, yeah. you know, from where it was. It yeah. was extensive sure. as far as uh, what I was talking about. Right. Well, I had a, I mean, I, I welcome to the Black Sheep Podcast, and we would like to know what title one. chapter one. You know, of now Josh's... I'm on this on this side of that. It is on the spot putting you. <laughs> oh, you that think? Question. Uh, chapter one would be. Uh, 
the chains of addiction. Mm. Cause that's what it was. Did you bring those? I did not. If I would have, if I would have thought about it, I would have. But I didn't think about it. Just rattle them around. Yeah, just rattle them. (laughs) Uh, But that's what it was. It was a chains of addiction. Um, My story starts when I was about six years old, and uh, I was introduced to uh, a Playmate car air freshener that was on the rearview mirror of my grandfather's paperwood truck, Mm. and. I don't think you could say playmate and do this at the same time. Just saying. I mean. <laughs> I mean, when he said mine started at six years old, being introduced to, I thought I was going to say boobs. <laughs> you know, that I was mentioning. I was saying that's what he did. I was doing the the shape of the uh, pine tree ah. air freshener. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll need, edit need to work on your hand out. calligraphy. <laughs> Not yeah. off the live though. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like know, I'm on an episode of John Boy and Billy. But you know they. Uh, everybody likes to think when I when I say that. Oh, your grandfather must have been a bad man. A bad man introduced his grandson to pornography, and that wasn't the case. My my grandfather was and is a a great man. Me and him have a great relationship, um, and that wasn't the case. At all it was just. A product of that era, and he didn't see anything. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, man. Back yeah. in the back in that day, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't. Right. Maybe it's maybe it should have been, but it wasn't. Yeah, and so. I mean, it was just yeah. You know, used to when I would tell the story, it was almost kind of was just like a your your uh, pathway to become a, a man. Yeah, you write yeah. a passage. Yep. Um, and back then, porn is not what it is today. Right. Nah. Can I share something? Although, quick? hold on. Yeah. Back, okay. back then, it, it was, it, it, we shouldn't look at it like this, but this is how they presented it. Back then, it was classy. You know, even if you go back and you look in, and look at the story yeah. of, of Playboy and, and Hugh yeah. Hefner, he, he originally started, started out with a very classy product. Yes, there was nudity, but it was, it was presented in a classy way in those yeah. days. Yeah. Not like porn is presented today. All right. yes. Go ahead, I'm sorry. So when it happened for me, because that's something I've struggled with throughout my entire life, right? When it happened for me, um, it was literally just before the alcohol and drugs for me, really. It's probably the first thing that was. It was uh, I stumbled upon my uncle's uh, uh, trunk o porn. And trunk, back then, trunk it was, porn. Yeah, you know, I'm a Gen Xer from the 80s and 90s. So like back then, it was a lot of VHS tapes and a Late lot of 1900s. a lot of magazines that were not Playboy or classy. What's a VHS tape. <sighs> oh, man, all right. There's going to be a lot of people watching. Right, this so a VHS that, tape. All right, so a VHS tape is a is a uh, tape. Uh, I'm literally going. It's a rectangular shape. All right, you, you, all <laughs> don't right. do handshakes. Yeah, don't do guys. it like this. It's like, <laughs> well, anyway, you literally, you know, this is before the digital age, and it was literally like tape. Uh, you know that that uh, <laughs> you would put in a VCR and it would play a movie, and uh, you couldn't just skip to any scene or anything like that. You literally had to be kind and rewind. Yeah, and uh, you know so. Anyway, oh, this for another episode, man. <laughs> I'm getting a history lesson. I'm not doing this. Anyway, so for me, so it was a, a big, it was a gigantic wrong, trunk of, uh, of porn, and I would literally, you know, from the first, uh, from the first, uh, mo- you know, time finding it, and thereafter, I would find myself going back to it, and yeah. you know, wait until he would go to sleep, and I would sneak into it, and I would steal a magazine or something, or or tape or whatever, and uh, yeah, that's where that began for me. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and just like with that, with yours and with mine, that one encounter 
the chains of addiction were set. Yeah, yeah. And I always I, like to use this illustration. I didn't go and have a rock bottom experience mm. from that first encounter. Um, I didn't go to jail. I didn't go to prison. I didn't lose anything. Nothing changed in my life. Mm. Not a thing. But that's the thing with addiction. The chains of addiction are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken. Well, something immediately changed for me. And uh, put that on a t-shirt. Something immediately changed for me from from uh, from that moment, though. For me, I started looking at women differently. Mm. Uh, you know, por- uh, learning later in life that pornography gives you an unexpected expectation of. A, a sexual relationship with a female. Dude, I was think just thinking that. Sorry, I was just thinking about how uh, back in the day when when you know there was uh, magazines and stuff like that, they used to have these columns. And I think in your your uh, testimony, you talk about how um, you know. And I know I'm jumping ahead, but in your testimony, you talk about how because your wife wasn't doing certain things, yep. you didn't yep. feel like she loved you because we had a distorted version of what yeah. intimacy was in our heads by reading these columns of how things started and right. and what she did for you know or watching these videos where what she was doing for her her yeah. her husband you know on these 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 <clears throat> pictures and these videos man yeah. it, it gave us all a, a distorted view of yeah. what sex and what love looks like yeah what sex was well see for me and it was no different for me because i was six so i didn't know yeah, what right. i mean for me it was like boobies yeah i got you <laughs> i'm still like that so it's kind of like you know, for me there was no altered perception you, of. Out, I'm just saying, Palmer. you know, for me there was no altered perception of how I would look at women because I mean it was I was, I was six, right? You know, so there was not much of a difference. But you know, that whole encounter, not much happened until the next encounter, and that was I had a friend at school who had an actual Playboy. Mm. He had stole from his uncle's truck of porn. He y'all may have had the same uncle. <laughs> That's possible. My, my uncle got around like a lot. He was a oh god, male <laughs> but he got that. I, I bought it off of him for a Snickers bar. Really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, that thing was the holy grail. Yeah, gotcha. I think I, I I protected that. It was a it was a lingerie edition. I that was that was gold. And then the same friend, I, I got a VHS from him a couple years later. Oh, you got you a whole new dealer now. Got a whole, What'd that cost you? Like two Twix. Actually, he gave he gave that to me on the house. Oh, that's how they get you. Yeah, that's, that's how they, how they get, get you. you. That's how they yeah. get you, so, man. Yeah, that's how them drug but, uh, get you. <laughs> and it just, first one's free. First one's it, free, yeah. and it continued like that. Small little things just spread across years. Mm-hmm. So small that when you looked at it individually, really nothing stood out because they're just these small little occurrences. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just kept on like that. And then when I got in high school, we got dial-up internet. And oh yeah, yep. sound like robots dying. And of course, you know, I remember. Of course, with we that, invaded. found some some online stuff. But yeah. even back then, this was way back in the early two thousands. There wasn't much hardcore stuff on the internet. It was still mostly just these models posing. Yeah. And so I was still in this very early stages of this. You know, what, what I reckon you would call it soft core pornography. Yeah. And then I started finding, okay, VHS, the rentals, the, when you had to go get your rental from the store. 
I realized they had an adult section. Well, go behind the curtain and have all this stuff. And I started finding those, and those kind of introduced me to this more hardcore yeah. stuff then. And I was still, I was in high school. I wasn't an adult. <clears throat> and then we're going to fast forward because it's really all just stuff like that. But really where my story really took a turn was my sophomore year of high school, I went to youth camp, and I had this extraordinary experience with God. And I felt this call for ministry, and it terrified me. It scared the crap out of me. I was like, man, there's no way that I can do this with what I struggle with. There's, there's no way. I was like, I can't lead people to Christ with this. And so when I came back home from youth camp, I ran from God. I ran from God just like Jonah. We were just talking about that. Yeah. Uh, Is that why he called you Jonah? That's, yeah, that's why exactly why he called why he me called Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. Okay. Jonah Hollingshead. All right. <clears throat> and Learn something new every day. I originally said I didn't have a, a whale experience, but Brother Phoenix really pointed out that, well, I did have a whale experience. And that whale was pouring. It swallowed me up. But I ran from God, and I basically ran to the first girl that would have anything to do with me. And I immediately had extracurricular activities with her. Oh. Immediately. Sophomore in high school. And that right there was where my two, uh, where it was the one thing splitting the two. My porn addiction and now, and I, I was hooked. Man, this, this, this was awesome. Wow. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's still awesome. It's just you got to be married. People. Yeah, here's yeah. the thing. I love how Palmer put it one time, man. He's like, "I'm still a sex addict. I, am I just still have, a sex I just, addict. I live with my dealer. I live with my dealer legally. I am married to my wife, yeah. and thank God she uh, still, after 14 years, has sex with me, and it's good because I'm still addicted to her. So if she walks out. Like I just said, you know, when you're all like boobies, when my wife walks out out the shower or whatever, I'm just like boobies. Yeah, and let me tell you, you know, a guy like me, it's it's really hard because, uh, <laughs> you know, I I've been single for six years, so I've literally I've been celibate for six years, man. So you know, it's it's uh yeah, y'all are married, that's cool. You know, y- y'all got y'all's dealers, you know, but we trying, what, we're what, trying to let get me you ask one. y'all something. I, mean, I know we are, but what I mean, like, so what do guys, you know, what do guys that don't have that dealer living with them, their wives, you know, tell us how to, uh, how to deal with that. Teach us. Uh, well, I mean, that's, first of all, that's extremely hard once you've already had that experience. Yes. If you've already been having sex and then decide, okay, I'm going to go completely celibate because that's what the Bible tells me. I, I'm, I'm not supposed to be having sex with anybody other than my, my wife and I'm not married. Um, it's extremely hard to go back. Yeah, and I can put that in perspective for you if you're a drug addict, because if you're, yeah. you know, if you're, if you've tried heroin, but if we're living you know. by faith, it's not. Yeah. Well, I, I still would say that it, it's still hard. It's very. I hard. mean, there's always if a temp- can, right. Because I mean, there's you've always a temptation, it. but at the same time, though, like if you're putting your faith in God, then you're waiting for somebody that He's going to bring along. Right. True. And you're focused on that. You're not really focused on. The worldly, right at that point, and that is the key: is that you yeah. have to be more focused on exactly God than your addiction. No so matter what, basically, it is. what you're saying is, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all those things will be added unto you. Yep. Yes. Okay. All right. And you know, I'm I wasn't just, really I, asking for me; I was asking for the I'm God. Just gonna win, man. This actually, I'm not lying. <laughs> I mean, I'm, lying. I'm asking for me because 
Dude, I've been single for six years, man. I'm ready to meet my wife. I ain't playing. Ask Where's for a helpmate. Yeah. Ask you know, me. here's the thing, though. This struggle is a beast, and yeah. I don't know of anybody that can do it without Christ. And I, I can tell you this, too, man, um, and this is true facts right here. All right, so I've been clean and sober for three facts. years. All right, three years. I've been off of every drug, every chemical known to man, okay? And uh, the only thing that the enemy has been able to assault me with is lust because he knows that God delivered me from all that other stuff. Right. So every time I turn around, it's it's right there. You know, it's like when I'm scrolling through my Christian TikTok, there's always one that gets slipped in there, you know, in the social media. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. All my stuff in social media is Christian-related or faith-based recovery-related, all, all like, that. But there's always, I mean, you know, it'll get in, I mean, Enemy knows what he's doing. He'll slip one in there, you know. But that's that's a, that's what I've always said, though. You know, the enemy will always take something that's good mm-hmm. and then try to pervert it mm-hmm. some kind of way. Yeah. He will always try to make it disgusting. So what do we do? We got to protect our minds, right? Yeah. You know, you got to capture those thoughts and you got to cast them out. As a man yeah. thinks, and so he. So I mean, he it doesn't help that the most beautiful thing God ever created was a woman. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, that's got that's the biggest arsenal in his in his. Uh, in his weapons, man, it's like not everybody's a drug addict. Not everybody uh, is an alcoholic. Now, you know, there are people on this planet that have never gone through that experience that, like I have or, or like Drew has. But every man on this planet deals with lust. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. You know, I go, I go back to my, well, my grandfather. You know, I didn't have a anything with alcohol or drugs or nicotine like that. I mean, I've done those things, but it wasn't really what, it, that wasn't my, my bag. That wasn't what captivated yeah. you. Right. You know, my grandfather, he, he chewed tobacco. You know, I, I've, I've seen him drink a few times. So that wasn't that, that what, I could pick that up from him. Right, I didn't. I picked up that one thing. That's what my thing was. And it, I mean, yeah. And you know, is that it, still a Christmas tree? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Josh picked up a Christmas tree. Yeah, picked up a Christmas tree. <laughs> but my, my, well, my point is, we all have these different struggles that we struggle yeah. with, and it just so happened that this is the one, and the the enemy sought fit to get me attached to this thing. Early. Yeah, look, don't don't think that don't happen to women too, because I talked to a woman the other day, and I'm not gonna mention her name because she may not she she wants to literally come on the show and talk about it. Was that? But she was uh, she had no idea that this was a lustful thing, but she was addicted to romance novels. Mm. She had, she have literally you ever had read to, one you know, of those things. Yeah, I yeah. have. Wow. Yeah. It's Seriously. almost like penthouse for him. Yeah, yeah for real. It's it it gives and you get to paint your own picture at that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. So women, stop <clears throat> stop reading those, man. Yeah. Anyway, back to your testimony. I apologize, Josh. <laughs> it's all good. We never know how these things are going to work it's out. It's all you know good. This, this is your show. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, it's your hey, show. put Palmer. that on a t-shirt. Yeah, put, I was about to say, t-shirt. And, and don't you, and I looked at Palmer and said, don't you forget it. That's right. <laughs> 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 hey, see, this is the thing, though. He's going to get me back if I ever join the band. He's going to be just going to fire me. After, he's going to fire me. After no, 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 you said if. <laughs> if. <laughs> you can go ahead and take that off your list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I know, man. Podcasting is your thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Josh. So, Josh, let's let's fast forward. I know yeah. a little bit about your your uh, your story. You should, so, sir. Uh, you should. Yeah. So let's, I don't know anything. Let's fast about it. forward. Let's let's hang get on. To, I, I let's know what I want. Annabeth. Hold on, I'm hold kidding. on. I'm I don't want to get to Annabeth yet. Had you, were you already a prison guard by the time you mm. met? Okay, I want to hear about your time in Greene County. We're now we're way way from that. You okay. want you want to jump right. that much? No, 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 no. Okay. no. I, I just don't. I want to make sure I hit that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Were you married when you were a prison guard? No. Okay. Okay. I didn't even know he was a prison guard until today, so learning new things. Yeah, I want to hear about some head thumping from Jonah Hollingshead. Man, that's what I want to hear. (laughs) Get back. We're gonna get you a t shirt that says Jonah. Jonah Hollingshead. The head thumper. It's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a literal it's gonna be a literal cartoon version of Josh being swallowed by a whale. (laughs) Or riding it like a surfboard. Hey, I wear it. I know you will. I wear it on every episode. Unashamed. Anyway, I'm sorry. Put that on a shirt. That's right. Sorry, but, I'm starting my own podcast, Unfiltered with Palmer. Put that on a T-shirt. Put that on a T-shirt. So what were you about to ask me? You were, you were, uh, I said we should go ahead and jump to, you know, yeah, uh, jump to uh, when we meet Annabeth and yeah. start from there. Okay. Yeah. So because got, honestly, your your addiction yeah. didn't didn't really affect your life. I mean, yes, you're, you're having sexual relations with, yep. with girls before you're married. And so, yes, that's a bad thing. But your addiction really does, doesn't affect your life until you're married yeah. or until you meet your wife. Yeah. Well, you're the, the quote unquote rock bottom doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Until then. Yeah. And so that's, I went to college and my roommate, he introduced me to my wife and, and high speed internet. Yeah. And high speed internet. Up to that point, I did not know what a high speed internet was. Yeah. He was, lived in the sticks. I was raised in the sticks, in the boonies. If he couldn't hear it in his yeah. voice, <laughs> this voice is the product of cornbread. Cornbread. But, uh, Put that on t-shirt. T-shirt. You would. You <laughs> would. But uh, but yeah. So I met my met my my now wife back then, and we we dated for a long time. But uh, I I don't tell this often because I don't like painting this picture because I don't want to put any any kind of blame whatsoever on her because she had nothing to do with this. But it didn't help with the fact of when we started dating, I told her, hey, this is what I do. She was like, okay. Well, so she, yeah, she, she was good with it. Uh, yeah, I'm probably not good with she, it. I will. I will say that she's not alone. My wife was the same exact way. When I think we they first were willing to overlook. Yeah, I, when I we can, first, yeah, I can so, be honest you know, that uh, I was. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they were enamored, yeah. so they were willing to overlook the red yeah. flag or the flaw, or right. whatever you want yeah. to call it. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I had a, well, I had a, a hard drive I'm, full of of pictures. Look, I was a rock star, quote unquote rock star. So I, I was requesting pictures from any woman i ever met right and i had a hard drive of it and now he's a and about two weeks into my wife living with me she was like <laughs> that needs to go yeah. you know you know those women it's one thing for you to look at you know somebody that you'll that never you don't meet. know right. exactly she was like you got to get rid of that yeah. so i mean i think i i don't think it's paints a bad picture of annabeth she just didn't well, know it didn't know any better i just yeah. wanted to put that because yeah when it, i tell this story like there's some ways people are like, I mean, like, no. Yeah, if you if if you get a bad thought about Annabeth and any after hearing Josh's story, then you you've misheard something because yeah, big time. The fact that your wife and I know we're skipping ahead, but the fact that your wife goes through everything that that she went with went through with you and still stayed, yeah, and is still there as as of today, man, is it just proves that she is absolute sainthood. Oh yeah, when she, makes, well, when she, she accepted, makes it to heaven. She accepted if, that character defect or flaw because she loved him. 
right? right? Well, in a roundabout well, way, a little bit like that's that. to be determined. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she, right, so she, we, she ain't killed me yet, so that's uh, all right yet. But but anyway, uh, we're gonna fast forward. We, we dated for a while. And we there was a bunch of stuff, but uh, during that time while we were dating, I got into the oil field, got laid off, and got on working at the prison back home down in Greene County. And man, that's a whole new world. I'm tired, boss. Yeah, I, I, um, that is a whole the state other of world. Mississippi. <laughs> don't care nothing about you being tired. And the thing, Boy. Of, the, and the thing about that, the thing about that, inmates really don't like when you go through the zone quote nap. <laughs> Tell me, look, can, can I, let me ask you something, okay? So uh, no, this is I've, not I've heard I've heard some horror stories about Green County. Can you can you share something like? Can, I mean, did you can you confirm did, or deny? Well, that did you ever have to literally thump somebody or didn't? I mean, so I don't want to go into too much because okay. there is some stuff that I did do there that I am not proud of. I mean, I'm sure you had to had to yeah, yeah no well, choice you know? yeah. And then there were some things where just, but yes, like Your there got the best of you. There is some, <laughs> like. I don't see how Christians can walk in that faith and be a prison guard. Yeah, I can see that. That'd I, be tough. I know several that do it, and I don't know how they do it. Like, when I tell you that was I, – I was there for five years. Mm. And, man, it was it's a whole other world. You've seen some stuff. In five years, yeah. Man. And I don't. It's like going to war every day. I, the, in the uh, mindset well, that you got to be in mm-hmm. to to do it, and it's just you know, for people that's actually incarcerated there, and for the people that are working there, man, it's just I, I don't wish it on nobody. Like, I understand. If you're considering a correct a uh, uh, job at with the Mississippi Department of Corrections, find something else. Yeah. I mean, I mean just, or how about this? How about Mississippi? Straighten it up. Get yeah. better. Well, and I think it's just I don't think it's that. I think it's just it's it's prison. Yeah. I think it's just I think it's the the nature of prison. Oh. Uh, but anyway, it I didn't help some time there. It, it did not help my addiction any by working there because in the stressed environment, yeah. man, my sex addiction took off. Yeah. I really stopped with the porn during that time. Yeah. But my sex addiction really took off because I mean, you got all you know. Female guards and yeah, so work stress was a big trigger for you. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, major, major. Did you have any anger issues at this time in your life? So I probably did. did. You say had? So I back then, I know I did, but I was not at a place in my life of admitting. Well, not really admitting it, but just seeing it. Yeah, because it was just it was that was so far under my radar, but yeah. Yeah, my anger issues didn't come out till I was a parent. That's just flat out. Okay, parenthood brought mine. <laughs> oh no, I was. I like, so I, like, I like to tell people. I was an angry kid. Too. I like to I was, tell people. Was, I've been angry a long time. Yeah, I like, I like to tell people I was actually a really nice person before I had kids. Yeah, I can't imagine you being any other way. <laughs> but like, I mean, so is this where it really kind of started to fall apart for you and Annabeth? No, no, no not okay. at all. So we got married in 2012. Uh-huh. And what was so funny about that is I I tell people I always have thought that even as a kid when I was struggling with this, I always thought that once I got married, I would no longer need this. Mm-hmm. That I'd just be able to just to quit it, be done with it because I'm married. The porn part. Yeah, the porn part. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't the case. 
I was dependent on it more. Yeah. And then 2014, we had my first daughter. And I was like, okay. I'd always thought when I had kids, I would no longer have time for it. I can give it up. It wasn't the case. I was depending on it more, more and more and more. And at this time, I had done taking a new job, and that job allowed me to be on my phone most of the day. And I was looking at porn about 10, 10 hours a day, just mindlessly scrolling on my phone, just image after image, video after video, page after page, just scrolling, looking at this unfiltered filth. And I always like to say, I was trying to get my next high. Like, that's what it was. I was I was trying to get that next release of endorphins. Yeah. Yep. And it had gotten to where it was no longer pleasurable. That I was not doing it for pleasure. I was doing it because I had to. It was compulsion. It was it there there for a while it was work. So yeah. you often say that you don't know what it's like to be a drug addict. Typically That's exactly what it's like to be a drug do. addict. That's exactly that what it is. That is exactly what it's like to be a drug addict, Josh. It truly is. I mean, so, you build up a tolerance. Your drug all of a sudden, you know, you, this ain't working. I need more. Seriously. Then that more yeah. doesn't become fun. And then so now you're exacerbating every avenue you he can. He said exacerbating. I said exacerbating. <laughs> While he did word. this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was making a circle. You didn't let me finish my circle. This is a Christian podcast. It truly is. Y'all are making it nasty. I'm not. No, I'm not. (laughs) You're the one that said exacerbation. (laughs) Anyway. But no, Josh, for real, though. Like, that is, you are literally describing, you are literally describing (laughs) what it is like to be a a, a heroin addict, I mean, so to speak, because, like, you... Uh, you ultimately have to do more to get high. Eventually, you can't even get high. It turns it into work. A job. And the work that it goes into to come up with the money to go get the drugs to get high. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, and, and it's, and it's, it's the same boat, bro. Yeah. And I mean, and I, can I say, can I share something that I have never shared publicly? Absolutely. In all the testimonies that I've given, mm, I've, maybe. I have never shared this. Is it going to hurt Palmer's feelings? Probably. Probably. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Without, without then doubt. Please do. Without a doubt. So during that time, and I, this is going to get just a little bit graphic. I'm, okay. I'm going I'm to keep it PG, but it is going to be a little graphic. During that time, when I was just going through that, masturbation was 14, 15 times a day. Yeah. And at that level, it's work. Yeah. It's not pleasurable. It was exhausting. Pure exhausting. Brother, it took a lot of courage for you to say that out loud on a podcast. But I, and, I and I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to get to this in a minute, but there's somebody out there that needs to hear that. That was that that is in the currently going through what I have come out of, mm-hmm. and somebody needs to hear this because when I when I was going through this, I thought I was the only one. I thought I was alone. I thought I was by myself. And that I was the worst human being on the face of the planet. Yeah. I thought I was too far gone for God's grace. And if I can keep somebody from feeling like that, that it's worth it. Right. Well, I'm telling you that there is somebody that that is going to hear this and it's going to change them forever. That's what I hope. I hope so. Yeah, there's so so many people out there that think that that you've um, 
done too much. You've gone too far. And I'm here to tell you that we've said it a million times on all of these podcasts that there's no such thing as gone too far or done too much for God not to love you and God not to use you. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could have been a serial killer and you're living in prison for. You can't get out of the grasp of somebody that's always, always there and everywhere there. Exactly. You made a good point. Have you ever read The Grasp of Grace by, I think it's Max Licato. Now, you know I can't read. No. You did. You are from Louisiana, so you are correct. That's right. Audio books. Right. But Audio uh, books. in that book, he talks, ab- he, he talks about <laughs> grace huh? and about how we struggle with grace, yeah. how we just cannot grasp this concept. We like to think we do, but we can't. And he was talking about a serial killer. It was, I cannot remember. It was the one that was eating people. Dahmer. 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 Jeffrey. I want to say it was Dahmer, and I may be wrong on this. And I, but anyway, regardless, that has nothing to do with it. But anyway, when he was in prison, he found Christ. Yeah. Yeah, that was Dahmer. And yeah, that was definitely Dahmer. people struggle with the fact of he found Christ and that all the things that he had done had just been wiped away and that he was going to go to heaven. He is in heaven. People struggled with that. Yeah. And they're like, we just, this can't be. Well, the people that struggle with that need to <laughs> go listen to my homeboy, Kelly K, because he explains it perfectly. There is different levels to heaven. Yeah. And, you know, you, you want to, he, when he was on, on with us uh, and did, did the, um, the double podcast with us, um, he said, you know, it's like going to Disney World. You don't want to just get in the gates and just only be having access to the souvenir shops. You want to go ride the rides. Well, that's how heaven's going to be, too. Now, we don't know, because of the works of Dahmer, we don't know how far into Disney World he's getting. But you know, still. But still. Yeah. Because people, we we think, okay, this man did unspeakable acts. He deserves hell. But don't we all? We do. But that's the thing that people miss. Right. They always try to measure sin. There's no measurement right. in sin. That's yeah. right. I mean, Jesus didn't say this. This is the list of this, sins this in this order. Than this one, no, no, it, it's he all said equal. Sin is sin is sin. And so, you know, at the, you know, the grace aspect of it. And well, let me tell you something, Josh, and, and uh, it's something that I truly do struggle with to this day. Like I said, you know, with my with all the addiction that I came out of, that is like the biggest weapon that the enemy has against me and he and rightfully so said yes he uses it all the time and I still struggle with it and uh you know like my dad because you women need to put some clothes on I know in my in my daily walk man it's like you know I, I get especially with especially with everything that's going on now you know with the podcast and everything like that and now uh, you know uh, I'm I'm you know every you know when I go to these events and things like that in the back of my mind I'm thinking you know, I'm such a fag in front of these people, you know, it's like, um, because of, you know, that, that lust that I get attacked by. So what determines you to be a fake? Nothing. I'm not a fake. I know I'm not a fake. I struggle with sin. I'm not perfect. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, but you know how the enemy gets in your ear about that. It's like, you know, you still have a, John, you still have a lustful eye, man. You're still looking at women the wrong way. Sometimes I capture those thoughts now. Right. I do. And, um, but as far as the pornography, man, things like that, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, um, I struggle in private, you know what I'm saying? It's like that. And, um, you know, I, I try to stay as busy, busy, and I'm probably doing this the wrong way. 
I, I try to stay as busy as I possibly can to avoid it and wear my, you know, kind of like trying to wear right. myself, you know, so I can just, you know, so I mean, from the time my feet hit the floor until I get home at night and, um, You're doing stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to, you know, that's, that, I'm, and I'm turning yeah. to the Lord for it. You know, I mean, I'm praying, trying to pray it out. And it's, but I'm, I bet it's like I've been a struggle, you know, in science because I don't like talking about it. And Josh just gave me the really just completely, I mean, I've talked about it in my CR group. Right. You know, to those guys, they know. <clears throat> but for Josh to sit there and do what he just did, then it just gave me the courage to just really just kind of put it out there. Right. So thank you for that, Josh. No problem, man. And that's, 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 that's why we do this. Yeah. Is when we're open and honest, it gives others the courage to be open and honest. Yeah. And that's when healing happens. Oh. Uh, yeah, so continuing on with my story, you know, my daughter's born, and, and this is where I find recovery for the very first time in my life. You're good. This is where I find recovery for the very first time in my life is my, my daughter's born, and we're going to go do family Christmas pictures. Mm-hmm. We're on the way out there, and my wife's like, hey, I need to see your phone for directions because I don't know where we're going. So she gives my phone. And she finds all the saved porn on my phone. And she's like, you can't do this. This ain't happening. And I was like, why is this all of a sudden a problem? So anyway, she's like, I don't care what you have to do. You've got to fix this. So for the first time in my life, I'm like, I don't, mean, I don't have a problem. I didn't even know what I had had a name. I never even heard of a porn addiction. And so I start doing some research and I find out, yep, that's exactly what this is. And or at that time, there was nothing in the area of Meridian, like nothing. And I found a sex addicts group that met here in Jackson. So I came over here and I attended a few minutes and I'm like, nope, those guys are weird. I am not one of those weirdos. They got a problem. They, yes. I was like, they've got a problem and I do not. Those... Those guys are weird, so I stopped going. Was it just guys in the in the group? Yes, it was a uh, it was a men's group and a women's group. Oh, okay. You don't want men and women sex addicts to meet together. <laughs> no, no, that's no. Where, you that, do not. That is the worst <laughs> asking, possible. You know, making sure. I'm talking about. But you, chicken, well, I remember us talking like, oh, about. Oh, you got a problem. I got a problem. <laughs> fix this. We can solve this problem. Put that on. T-shirt. Well, I remember you telling me. <laughs> Let's get married. Like you know about how what, what they would talk about in those meetings, and it was yeah. just basically war stories. I mean, you hear were, that. As a sex addict, you're just kind of like, yeah, I'm like, good trouble. He just, I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, you know they were basically like, reliving this stuff and romanticizing it. And it's like, man, this ain't helping none. Like, what y'all are doing ain't helping me at all. Yeah. And so I stopped going. And at this time, our pastor at our church had passed away from, from his battle with cancer. And we were in a season of having these interim pastors. And for six weeks in a row, we had a different pastor. And every single one of them for six weeks in a row made mention of Celebrate Recovery because it had, Celebrate Recovery had just restarted at our church. And on that sixth Sunday, I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, God, I hear you. I get it. For six Sundays. So the next day I show up to our Celebrate Recovery. Now, I did not know what I was showing up for, and I did not want to go because this church was my wife's family's church. Oh, yeah. This was not my, like, I was only there 
with for them. And I was like, I it's like I don't want to go tell these people, but I went. I had no choice. So I walked through the door and I was just so full of fear, so full of shame. And you know what? I found where I belonged that night. When I walked in, and I've been telling people this for a while, I found the rest of my herd. I always thought I was a black sheep. That's when we were meeting upstairs, too. Yes, we were yeah. meeting upstairs. I, I always that. thought I was a black ooh, sheep. Ooh, and when I ooh, met, ooh, found ooh. that group that night, I found the rest of my herd. When Jesus comes. And the main thing that I really liked about that group that night was I was able to go in, and we sat in open share, and for the first time ever in my life, I said out loud the words, I'm a porn addict. Out loud. And just this weight fell off of me. It was like, it was the most relieving experience just to be able to say that out loud. And it reinstated the fact of shame loses its power when we share our secrets in safe places. Yeah. And from that moment on, I was able to heal. Dad, And I would like to be able to sit here and tell you that from that night on, it was I was healed. That I was healed, and that I went on to years of successful recovery and sobriety, and everything was just rainbows and pixie dust. But I think we both disappeared from CR at the same time, or right around the same time. I I I dipped out. I was gone. Well, because you had been healed, you were recovered. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, most definitely, Paul. How long were you in the program? Well, at that time, just a month, less than a year. That's all it takes. Don't you know? 30 days. 30 days. 30 30 days. 90 days to to quit a uh, habit. And that's 28 days. Oh, whatever. 28 days to quit a habit. Yeah. So you were healed. You could leave. No problem. If y'all can't hear or see the sarcasm. Palmer. <laughs> I'm just saying, we, we see this so many times oh, yeah. of people going, I've been here, I'm healed, I'm good, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go back into the pit, and I'm going to pull people out. Yeah, that's not I have been sober for 30 days. Let me tell you something. I've man. got Jesus and like, sobriety. Like, for real, listen. Sobriety. When I, when I came out when I came out of prison, I had already had oh, about a year of clean time, and I was, I mean, drugs were readily available in prison. Everybody knows that. But so what? so it was about three months b- before I came out of prison, before I even walked into a meeting, and I didn't realize just how bad I needed it. And I can gar- I almost guarantee you that had I not walked into that meeting with, uh, um, with uh, Jeff that night to see his testimony, I would have eventually relapsed. Yeah. I know I would have. And, uh, you know, I'm dedicated, you know, I've, I've dedicated myself to Celebrate Recovery. And, uh, you know, what I love about Celebrate Recovery is that it's not just for, you know, it's a misconception that it's for drugs and alcohol. No, nope. it is for everything. Every hurt, habit, and hang-up is for porn addiction, for sex addiction, for anger, anger for greed. food, greed, envy, jealousy. I mean, it covers Anything the whole that you spectrum. Can think of, yes. it literally covers. Well, it's in the title, Lives, Hurts, Habits, and Hang-Ups. I yes. need to go for food addiction. Yeah, I mean. Oh. Yeah, I mean yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and, and my problem was I was still trying to do my addiction, and then I was still trying to do recovery. Yeah. I was trying to do both of them. And you can't. You you can't yeah. entertain both of those. Right. You're going to lose. You can only serve one master. You're going right. to either love one and hate the other. All right. And so I f- would just relapse and relapse and relapse. And eventually I just stopped going all together, stopped trying. I got a new job. Uh, that job, the hours were just horrible. I, just, I couldn't make the meeting I was working at that time. 
And I started a new job, and I was in training. And I was having to live and stay in a hotel, and I was away from home. And it was, that sex addiction really just kicked back up. Yeah. When I I'd lost that job, and when I came back home, I started a new job, and I was working for my local 911 office. And I started this relationship with this girl that I had known from years ago. And very quickly, things got physical. Very quickly. And I remember one night, me and my wife, we were sitting at the table eating eating uh, supper. I think we was actually at Outback Steakhouse, actually. And we were talking, and just as casually as I could, I was like, you know, I want a divorce. And then I just moved the conversation on like I'd never even mentioned it. But that's where we were at in our relationship. I, I was so miserable. And what a jerk. You took her to Outback. You are so just mean. To, I know. Just to you tell did, her that you yeah. wanted a divorce? He did it in a crowded restaurant so she couldn't so she like, attack him. shoot him. Yeah. And, you know, it was at that time, man, I, I could lay in the bed next to her at night, and I would feel just a thousand miles away from her. Just felt so distant. And, you know, like you were saying earlier, it was this thing of all the pornography and me in this, this relationship with this girl, it just put up this wall between me and my wife. And because my wife wasn't doing these things that I was seeing that these, these porn stars doing in these videos and all, I felt like my wife didn't love me. And so I immersed myself more into this pornography and, you know, I was searching for just these dark and perverse and sickening things because I was trying to get that next high because the the simple stuff wasn't doing it no more. And yeah. this thing had escalated well beyond anything that I'd ever thought it was going to escalate to. It had gotten to the point where I had taken out a back page ad. You know what back page is? Yes. I had taken out a back page ad and I was offering myself as a male prostitute. That's how far down this hole that I went. Did you make any money? I did not. I'm sorry. I was the brokest <laughs> male prostitute. On back page. <laughs> Aside from Palmer. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. with that and with the this extra relationship that I was having with having this affair, and it was just, I was on this downhill ride, and it was picking up speed. And it all came to a head in August of 2017. Uh, my wife found everything. She had found every text message, every email. She had found uh, all the saved pictures on my phone, found everything, and she left. She took my daughter, and she left. Can I, can I pause just for a second? <clears throat> I think one thing that we need to address that I don't think we've ever addressed is the fact that the problem, one of the main problems, not just the pornography, but the problem was communication as well. It's oh, like, yeah. okay, so you you're not your wife's not doing these things that you're seeing in these videos and have been all of your life, okay? But God has created sex for married couples and there's other than bringing someone else into into the relationship as long as both of you agree to it and both are you both of you are happy to do it. There is almost nothing off limits. 
Right. God created sex to be a beautiful, pleasurable thing between married between married people. And so I would like to stop. That's the reason I stop right here is I would like to say to you married people, if either one of you are feeling like you're not being uh, sexually satisfied in any kind of way, talk to your partner I want to and ask that. them. You know, say, hey, this is something I, I, I would like to try or this is something I enjoy. Can we do it more or whatever the case may be? But you have to have communication to have a healthy sex life because one I person agree. may may like this and the other person may not. And you're making them unhappy because you're not doing what they want or vice versa or anything but like that. Also, now I'm not saying, you know, but we also got to keep this in the realm of. You know, God designed this to be a a, th- uh, a I hate to say the word holy thing, but it's, it, it it is a, a thing that God designed for us, and we don't want to pervert that with some things that we saw in some pornography right. and try to introduce that into a holy marriage between a man and a wife. Now look, right? let me let me share something. Okay, so as I stated before, you know, so I've been single for about six years. Okay, the last relationship that I was in was a twelve year relationship, and. It wasn't exactly, it was not the drugs that destroyed that relationship. It was pornography and it was chat rooms. Now, I was not physically cheating on her and I never once did. But I, I mean, I, but it was, it was in secret. And, uh, and like there were several times over those uh, 12 years that, you know, uh, you know, I got caught with the pornography in my phone and, and things like that. And she let that go twice before. And, you know, and the, and the things with the drugs came up, you know, a lot, too. That was hidden at the time, too. But, but you know, she's, she stuck through me through all of that, right? But then when that third time, though, it was, I'm sick of you cheating on me, you know? And, um, and, I, and at that time, I did not realize that that was even cheating. But it most certainly is because it says in the Bible, you know, it's, I mean, if you look upon a woman lustfully, then, uh, then, you know, that is committing adultery. And I, you know, I did not realize that at the time. I really hurt that woman. I yeah. just, I mean, it really, I can imagine it destroyed her confidence because I didn't come to her about it. You know, uh, yeah. you know, it was like that. So for me, you know, it wasn't the drugs and the alcohol that destroyed that relationship. It was literally the porn addiction. And that's what it'll do. I mean, yeah. it, I mean it'll. I I totally agree what you what you just said. Like we shouldn't be bringing unholy stuff that you found on the internet into the holy sanctum of your intimacy with your wife. However, I'm just gonna say I've been reading songs of songs, and th- there ain't much in in <laughs> this book of the Bible that ain't dirty. Well, so though, that man had 400 wives. Okay, I'm just saying, so he's experienced it all. Yeah. I'm just saying communication is key. I'm he's, not saying like... He had a wife for hey, every kink. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. communication is yes. key. Yes, you, you don't need to be looking at perverted stuff, period. Um, God does not like that. You know, you're only meant, your eyes are only meant to see the person that, you're, that God meant for you yeah. naked. And right. have relations with that that uh, person, I'll but what, I'm just saying if if you if more married people would communicate and stop um, making sex such a 
non-conversation. I don't, I, oh, I don't want to bring this up because, right. well, where did you learn that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, but also, well, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> this can, can we try this? And if she says no, okay, at least we talked about it. Well, see, and another thing now, that, and, and this got completely missed. Part of the thing was we weren't having that that intimacy at all because I was like, well, my wife don't love me because she doesn't, you know, we're not doing this. Right. I was so self-absorbed that I couldn't even see that my wife was going through postpartum depression. Of right. course she didn't have time for me. She's working a full-time job. She's a new mom. She's going through postpartum depression. That's the last thing she's thinking about. But I'm so self-absorbed that I'm like, poor, pitiful Josh. That's right. I'm not getting none, so I got to find it. No. I get it. So, anyway, so she left, took the kid, they were gone, and me and God just had a wrestling match because I had to come to face with some stuff. Did you walk away with a limp? No, okay. I did not. Right. But uh, but I came, I came, I walked away a new man. Yeah, that's what I was getting at because you know Jacob got in a wrestling match yeah. with God. And he, he I was a new man, but I didn't have a limp. Okay, uh, but God did a Psalm forty in my life. He pulled me out of that pit. He pulled me out of that mire, and he he, he put my feet on the solid ground. And amen. Oh, uh, I just I. He, Tell me about that. Like, how did that, I mean, literally, like, take, take me to, the, to that moment when you knew that God literally pulled you out of that pit and that mire and that was well, that, now, I that didn't, party. I, I didn't know that moment for a while. Yeah. But during that time, my thing, I, I dealt with so much shame Yeah. for just the stuff that I did. Horrible shame. I couldn't look myself in the mirror. I couldn't do it. I hated who I was. And because of that, I was like, God cannot forget and that's kind of where the podcast was born from. Was that? Was that just that that shame? And uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I had a moment at CR because I got back involved with CR. Got got yeah. highly involved with CR, and I heard that scripture about how He'll make you white as snow. He'll, he'll wash the you know take that crimson and or. I'm butchering that all up. But anyway, he'll clean you and make you as white as snow. And uh, that really hit home for me. And I really started kind of understanding this strange thing of grace. Because I was raised Pentecostal. I'd always assume that God was sitting on his throne with a lightning bolt ready to pop me for just a little mistake. So I had this hard time of understanding grace. And... So when I finally did understand, hey, yes, God does love me, I finally was able to start kind of readjusting my thinking. Mm -hmm. But the main healing didn't come until I was able to surrender because I have a problem with pride. I want to do it my way. I want control. And God can't do anything with that until I surrender. I've got to get to a place where I can do step number three because it's my will that led me to my seat in recovery, and it's my will that will continue to lead to a relapse. I've got to wake up every day, and I've got to live inside the will of God, and that's how I continue to make this continued sobriety. I've got to be able to comfortably every day, like, God, I surrender to your will. I'm here to do what you want me to do. And that's how I stayed, was able to get myself out of that, is to get into that kind of posture, to 
just surrender it all. Because until that point, I was not ready to surrender. Yeah, I loved my sin. I, I loved something. I loved my addiction. And just you saying that kind of really clicked it was the fact that every person in addiction has a heart for God because we've already surrendered to one thing. So we're ready to, to surrender to God. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like we've given it all up for one thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now we can face it and give it up for God. Amen. Right thing. Very well said. Right thing. Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of what we came out of that. And that I started uh, late, late. Well, no, not really late. Early 2018. I started really uh, getting this from God about a podcast. I didn't know what a podcast was. You and I have the same story on this. It's I mean, crazy. <laughs> Dude, I, I still don't know what a podcast is. We know. Aren't we, you starting we, your we're own? We're aware. Aren't you, you starting your own? It's a t-shirt. Yeah, I thought you said you were starting your own. No, mine's going to be a talk show. Oh, I'm dead. But <laughs> I grew up in the in the sticks of, of Wayne County. I, 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 I didn't know what a podcast was. And I was like... I dismissed it quickly. I was like, I'm mishearing God. This ain't this ain't from God. This is whatever. And it just kept coming up. Just kept coming up and kept coming up. And lo and behold, uh, I had a friend that was in a CR at another group in here in Mississippi, and they had a guy from the Soberholic podcast come visit their group to share his testimony. And I was like, Soberholic podcast. And I started listening to them. They were over in Birmingham. And Two great guys, Roger and and David, and I reached out to them. I actually shared my story on their podcast, and I really got this real in-depth look of what a podcast is, what it does, what it can be. I was like, okay, okay, I think I can do this. And so I went and I bought a $20 microphone off of Amazon, and I recorded the first episode of Unashamed Recovery in 2018. I recorded it in my closet in my bedroom. I bet it was the best episode you've ever Doing. It was not. It was straight garbage, and I hated it. I hated every minute of it. It was. I had is it this still up. Do what? Is it still up? Yeah, it's, it's the very first episode. I've it's got the, to go back the, and hear it's, it. It's the, inter, it's the introduction, but it was not what I had envisioned. Right. It was not what I was wanting to do. I felt like it was lacking. It was not perfect. It was not fit for anybody else to hear. It was so disorganized that it was horrible. And I sat on that episode for a long time. That sounded like he was describing my dumpster fire of a life. <laughs> I shelf, I shelved that episode, Same. and it just stayed on my phone Same. for a year. And one day in 2019, I just I heard. I don't say this lightly because there's very few times in my life where I can say that I've heard God speak to me because I. Most time it's a feeling that I get, but this was like when I got that call to ministry. Yeah, that was a feeling. It wasn't an audible voice, but this was like somebody was speaking to me. It said it's time to publish that episode. When God speaks something to me, it's never up here. It's always in my heart. Does well, see, that make sense? And that's how it's been with me. But there's been a few times where it's been a an audible. Yeah, and that was an all. It was like it's time to publish. Yeah. And I was like, where did that come from? Right. So I did it. I was like, all right. And I I published it. And it got eight plays. <laughs> oh, you were a superstar. Well, and when I did this, 
when seven I, when of them were him. <laughs> no, two. What, I'm well, sure one of them was Annabelle. <laughs> one of them was Drew. Oh. One was just mother. <laughs> so what's funny about all that is when I first started with the podcast, when I when God was laying this out to me, my one hope I was like, I want to reach one person. Yeah. And that was it. That was kind of my mission statement. I was like, if we reach one person, I'm happy. And so with eight, I was like, yes, reached eight. But, and it, so then the next episode was a little bit easier. Yeah. And then the next episode was easier. Mm-hmm. And then it just became, okay, I can do this. Who was your first co-host? Nope. Well, I didn't have a co-host. I ran the whole first season by myself. Okay. The whole first season, it was just me. I had some guests come on. Who was your first guest? My first guest, which episode was that? It been Drew. Uh, Drew was my first guest yep, that yep. came on, okay. and uh, he, he shared about relapse. I'm going to have to go back and check that out. Oh, uh, That was, what, four? Episode four. Episode uh, season two? Uh, season one. Season one, one. Yep. okay. And uh, it's good memories on January 6th <laughs> of 2020. <laughs> so there he is. How about that? I'm Relax. not kidding. I was. Yeah. I really was looking. <laughs> so it's good memory that you remembered it was episode four. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so we did that whole first season like that, and I mean, it, was, it was some horrible audio. I think mine was the first one outside of the house, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Me and him recorded at our church, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I just winged it, man. I didn't know what I was doing. That's exactly what I do. And I just show up. Danny's like on me, like, "What's the topic? What's well, see, the description?" And I, didn't, I don't God's know. Give you the word. And see, and I, I didn't, that's just what it is. I didn't have Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have I somebody like, "Well, you need to do this." No, it was uh, trial I made, and error. I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, but made. Do you remember when we're you, still making mistakes? Listen, do you, do you remember the conversation we had outside? Um, How uh, much editing Marine I have to do after? <laughs> After uh, we I'm did, so glad you weren't around for season two. After uh, <laughs> after Palmer botched our episode, you, you remember jump. the conversation we had outside? You're like, you know, I was talking to you about it, and uh, and you were like, "Listen, John, just do it, man." Yeah. I, he said, "You told me I started with a twenty dollar mic from Amazon and a, and a little crappy mixer, man. Just do it. Just jump out of faith and do it." Yeah. And, because well, a lot if, of times if we I mishandle blessings like that or what's our callings because of self doubt. Yeah, you know, we worried about what the next person's gonna say, or worry about what we can't do instead of worrying about what God can do. Yeah. Well, and if I would have never pulled that trigger and published that first episode, that thing would still be sitting on my phone out, and we wouldn't be here today. I'd like to share something that uh, I need to give somebody some credit for, and uh, I thought, you know, God gets all the glory, of course, and it's n- no, this fool is not here. Palmer. All right, so <laughs> you know, I was in pre-planning. Out. Listen, I've been talking about it for months, and I was in pre-planning. You know, for the black sheep for several months, um, you know, literally intentionally putting it off and putting it off. I was all talk at this point, right? So, but what, but what literally drove me out of the boat in faith was Clay Edwards. And let me tell you how that happened. Had he not done, had he not said what he said that day, I would probably still be intentionally putting it off, putting it out of fear. And here's what happened. I was on, uh, I was on his uh, morning talk radio show to promote uh, Night of Hope and um, or the Recovery Fest, actually. Yeah. And um, out of the blue, he's the one that brought it up. He said, and and this is a, a, pretty much what he said was, and and here we have John Gallagher. He he's about to release his own 
podcast. What's the name of that podcast? And I said, I mean, I froze. Uh, Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Podcast. Brother Phoenix Podcast. And, um, and, and like, I knew in that moment that God prompted him to do that to push me out of the boat, or I would have never done it. Yeah, right. So I had a cool name like Brother Phoenix. Brother Phoenix. I mean, haters going to hate You're in my phone as Palmer Vox. You have a cool name, all right? You did have a cool name. That's what it was on, on Facebook. on a Sister Hazel. Sister, what? I'm kidding. I was a joke. That was a Sister, joke. that's a I was a joke. I mean, if you're going to give him a band name, give it something cool like, like uh, Journey or no, uh, Journey. That's it. Uh, I mean, or, or that's like, it. Old Steve Perry or, there. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> look, look, man. But anyway, um, so I mean, the podcast is awesome, man. Let me another another. You know, I would love to give y'all some credit too, man. As far as that, because several months before then, when you know it was, it was. I mean, it's been your guidance. You know, this past few months, I've called you a few times, and and um, you've been a great mentor for me, and. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough, man, because I know it's just like uh, another person that God strategically put in my life to guide me through all this. And, and any time I've ever had a question, I've called you and you've answered the phones, and I appreciate that. Man, and that's you know, that's what I'm here for. I'm, I learned the hard way. Yeah. You're, there's two kind of people in this world. You have the one type of, I struggled, so you have to. Yeah. And then you get the other kind of cop that's like, I struggled, so you don't have to. And I got to give, you know. And and if I can help somebody on this process through the trial and error that I went through, I'm going to do it. And I also want to give, you know, Micah Mayfield and Palmer, you know, a lot of credit also because there was a bunch of times I called Micah and talked to him, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? You know, he's like some great wise counsel for me. He's like, just, just like, you know, just like you said, look, John, if you're going to do it, just do it. I mean, if not now, when, you know, and Palmer, if I, you know, I don't know how it would have worked out had I, had Palmer not sat in for those first few episodes, you know. You can't thank Palmer because it's going to go to his head. He's not going to be able to walk out the door. Well, well I, I feel I so just... bad for tearing him down <laughs> at the beginning because there's a lot of stuff that the viewers didn't hear, oh, uh, you know, before we started Amen. like they the live. Beat me I mean. to death before we, we went Well, live. you know, when you go around spreading these lies and rumors that I get fired from Bonus James and I got Unceremoniously. Fired unceremoniously. And I mean, fired. I'm talking about. It front, was ceremonial. Listen, I'm yeah, talking. Listen, y'all. in front of 350 people the other night at the point, he's going to get up there and introduce me with this great, you know, this whole big thing. And then after I was unceremoniously fired, here's right. John he's Gallagher. John so I'm Gallagher. like, so wow. You backhanded him. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm like, wow. People. Thanks, thanks for that. So What'd now you get for replacing I, me I literally, with I was literally on, backhanded. Look, I was literally on the side of the stage about to have a panic attack because I've never spoken in front of this many people before in my life. You're just not usually in a room. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, they're not on a podcast. looking at me. Well, you know? hey. So, but like, so I mean, literally, but as soon as he did that, it relaxed me, though. That's you don't understand. Right. Like, it, it really, because it, we have that, you know, That's that what chemistry. I'm here for. And so, like, that gave me a, it gave me an icebreaker, you know, to, yeah. you know, th- throw a shot back at him. And then everything went smooth after that. And, and yeah. then, you know, my co host, she prayed for, prayed over me, right, Stacy. Prayed over me because she she looked at me and she told me later she's like you looked like you were about to throw up. Let me pray for you and she did and um, you know the anxiety started to go it really went away at that point and then he did that and then you know the anxiety was I mean I was relaxed at that point. Hey, and also I'll tell you what what God did. It seemed like God brightened up the lights at the top so I couldn't see anybody out there. And that that's where that's where I think uh, it really bothers me is like when you know I, I can see the eyes on me you know so. But, you know, it's all God, man. I have another God story for you. It's, it's with the podcast. So, uh, season two of our so podcast. Me. 
not at all. Uh, Season two of the podcast, uh, I brought Drew on as co-host. Hey, everybody. And oh, our, Drew, are you? I didn't know Drew was here. Yeah. I'm here. Hey, hey Drew. I'm here. He needed to add some ethnicity. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Ethnic- Stop it right now. <laughs> well, you know, I got Stop it right usually, now. usually I have a female, so it's my, you know. Uh, uh, I love right. you so much. Drew. From the beginning, you've always had love somebody too, helping are you, you are get you, boobs. Will you be my token black dude? Sure. Okay. Cool. You can't because he's he's understanding recovery's token black guy. But I can borrow. Just him. Spread it around. I mean, I got yeah. I got my token fat guy. That's right. So <laughs> Come here, give me a hug. So we uh, I brought him on for season two. In our very first episode, we we had a, a lady come on and share her story, Shauna Wade, and her yep her story. Launched unashamed recovery to a whole new level. It put us on a different platform for sure. Because yeah. we what episode we, number is that? It's thirteen. Number thirteen. I'm def- definitely unlucky thirteen became lucky thirteen. So, well, I mean, there was a lot before that that you know. I think we were trying to get in order. Yeah. You know, we, we just couldn't have been. We're Shana, still trying to get. Yeah, we still trying order. to get a lot in order. But, I, but when uh, Shauna came on. That was a whole different ball game. But her her episode was heard around the world. Really, literally, literally, and uh, man, I, I, I talk about this and I get goosebumps about it. Uh, we found out last year, maybe two years ago, we found out that her episode was that was heard in Beirut. Really, and it was a female village over there that was like I think like eighty percent women, and they were all. Addicted to opiates. Every single one of them. They they didn't know any other kind of life. That was it. Somehow or another, they heard her episode. And they got a recovery group started there. And like, I think like 37% of them were like in recovery and sober now. I've got one thing to say about that. God be doing stuff, man. God be be doing doing stuff. stuff. God be doing stuff. Wasn't it at one point that that we actually had some... Recovery, like recovery groups in Mississippi, using yeah materials. Like yeah. I know they used the relapse episode. Yeah, some of the some of the life recovery groups uh, were using some material from season one as right. a, yeah. as teaching material. And uh, but it's just, man, I look back through the podcast and it's like I can see God all through it. I would love to see black sheep get get into the prisons, man. You know, like uh, on, you know, on a podcast platform, you know, for them to be able to listen and unashamed, you know, because uh, right. I, I, you know, they, they do have the tablets now and uh, I think that they are able to, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, there's several prisons in Rankin and I think Rankin even has the, t- the tablets where they can, uh, I think they can watch some Ted talks. They can watch certain things. Like it's only like, it has to be approved to get through. I'd love to see, our podcast get into the prison system, man. Right. That would be so be cool. Awesome. <clears throat> that would be a huge. I think we need to start. We need to talk to people about yeah. that. I think because yeah, I know. Look, Rara Breed, who came a few, uh, who came to uh, and performed at the Grace Church a few months back, and DJ Wynn was just here this week for my for our event, and um, like um, DJ, I mean, uh, Rara Breed did a podcast that is the end that they're able to watch in over like five thousand different prison prisons across the awesome. sta- across the country. So I was kind of in Wednesday about that. I was like, well, how did y'all do that? And it's like, uh, I guess it's the uh, the particular app that they use. You know, they uh, upload the episode. They uploaded that one episode to it or something like that. So we need to find out what app that is. Yeah, we need to find out. That's, That's good stuff. Yeah. God be doing stuff. Yeah, all God the time. be doing stuff. All the time. Put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. 
But anyway, um, so where were we? My line. We've been using all day. All yeah, day. We, truly, we have been. But um, it's okay. Starting mine. All right. So where, where's Podcast. what's the future of Unashamed? Where, where are you at with that? Well, it's well, just going down to Drew and, uh, and well, Josh. Again. As we speak, Elon Musk has been in talk with us about buying the podcast. Yep. Oh. Hey, y'all. Really? All right. True. Let, let's talk about something true. I, I'm just curious. Have you looked at the. I, I just want to know because I want, you know, I know how he is about his ego. I like mine being stroked every now and then, but how many, how many, how many downloads did mine get? I'm just curious. Total or. Yeah, I want so, them. So at total. Least three. Three. Yeah, at least four. three. <laughs> Four. I think when I, I, I just had to put together a, a media kit for a sponsor, and I think we're right at like eighty nine thousand. Really? On your epi- oh, on his man. episode? That's awesome. Yeah, all, no, just all together. That's awesome. Y'all are doing fantastic numbers, dude. Yeah. So, like, um, I think back at Christmas, I think we were reaching like I think we reached around like three hundred and fifteen thousand people. That is incredible, in, in like dude. Thirty days. That is massive numbers, man. Yeah, man, it was. That dang. is massive numbers. That's incredible. So uh, you yeah, and I, you and stuff. I were talking the other day um, about you um, doing an offshoot type podcast. Well, I that's so far in the works, and yeah. I, I don't even want to. You know, I don't even want to bring that up to get people. Doing so another up podcast? You didn't tell me nothing. It's, about a, it? it's a passion project that uh <laughs> that um. You're gonna have to edit this out because I didn't know he didn't want to talk about that. Well, no, it's, it's it's all right. It's it's, it's good. Oh, uh, it's my I'm, first time hearing it. Yes. So he was probably saving that for a big surprise yeah. for y'all, man. No, I doubt it. <sighs> Josh, I'm sometimes. so sorry, man. It's all good, but it's a glad I'm, I know now. I'm, I'm looking at doing a <laughs> a podcast where we do uh, four days a week in scripture. Well, you can just hang. Just don't even depend on that one for that, because I, you know, he's too busy for us. But uh, you talking about me? Yeah. But uh, and. It, <laughs> I'm about to be too busy. Unfiltered. I mean, you're, you are literally over there scrolling through your phone like throughout the whole episode doing uh, something one else. One I was doing looking at um, old episodes of Unashamed. You're doing an episode of like right no, now. I you're know, like, but you're I was in, looking at because I was trying like to you're a part of one. You're watching and and other. And now now you're I'm, literally over there I'm listening looking. to another podcast, recording a podcast. And now I'm looking at the numbers for Unashamed. Okay. On Red Circle. Wow. Oh, this guy. And I pulled up the Bible to talk about <laughs> songs of songs. So you're that bored with, no. with what's going on around you right no, now I'm that just, you're going to read the Bible? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Palmer. I can't Palmer. read Oh, Bible. this is hilarious. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited about the whole future of the platform, uh, you know, the podcast platform yeah. as far as ministry and addiction and, 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 uh, and recovery goes, man, because I don't think there's, I mean, I mean, this, this is just wonderful, man. Yeah, what, what God's working and, and through you and through Drew and through it's all Palmer. Oh, God. God. It is all God. Truly is that. Um, any, uh, actually, before we, uh, is there anything else, Josh? I'm good, brother. Good. I, I think I shared everything that God wanted me to share today. So I was, um, I was on my way to work, which this is, you know, my job. And I, I listened to the Bible on my way to work. And, Psalm one sixteen. Yeah, I'll, Psalm six one sixteen came up, and I was, I was listening to it. And I was like, I'm I'm gonna read this for some somebody that's listening needs to hear this psalm. It's Psalm one sixteen, and uh, I found myself uh, as I was listening to it. It was like this is exactly where I was, and and, and uh, you know, right at the end of my um, addiction and coming out of it and throughout it. And I know that somebody is going to need to hear this. 
I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy, because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is, how good he is, so merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and he saved me. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, and so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. I believed in you, so I said, I am deeply troubled, Lord. In my, in my anxiety, I cried out to you. These people are all liars. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. O oh Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant, born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the house of the Lord, and the heart of Jerusalem, praise the Lord. That could be your whole story there, Josh. Uh, Man. Imagine For that. Real. That's awesome. And that was Psalm what? 116. Man, that's good stuff. It's almost, almost your testimony. I mean, for real. Yeah. <clears throat> Drew. Yep. So, um, you know, before we wrap up, let's, let's how, you know, obviously you and Annabeth, uh, Josh, you and Annabeth are, are doing great now. Oh, can we? Uh, yes. I forgot about that. So as, as, as an update, yes, my wife came back home. Oh wow, yes. man! I, we I, we straight forgot all that. We're gonna have to edit out my. No, no, uh, I, we'll I, just move I it. I said that to begin with. Okay, so. okay, okay. All right, so, so the show is not over. So, Stay tuned. We're not going anywhere. So yes, yeah, so my wife came <laughs> wow. back home. Uh, the ball in in that 2018, one, we had our second daughter, and then last year we had our third daughter. Next year they're going for a boy. Negative. Hey, Amen. We, we are we are done. <laughs> Yes, uh, uh, and and I want to encourage people. You know, infidelity or marriage after infidelity is possible. That adultery is not the final say so in a marriage, and but now that's not doesn't have to be. Yeah, and that's not to say now change had to occur. Yeah, you know, I would encourage anybody if you're going through a situation like what me and my wife did. If the other person that did the adultery did not change, it's going to happen again. But if there is significant change, a second chance is okay. So that's that's what I want to say. Yeah, I, 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 I would say that not only a second chance is okay, but it's, it's also warranted when there's proof that, yes. that you know, that we're, that we're, we're working towards yes. being a better person, Proven a better, better husband. Yeah, you know, and see, and in that situation, our better wife, however, me and my wife are in a better, better marriage today than we have ever been in our entire. We're about to do twelve years in October. Our marriage is better today than it's ever been, but it didn't get there overnight. Like I had to work my recovery, and my wife had to be open to see that work and to see that change. I mean, it, it, it's a, it was a lot. We. We had to go through marriage counseling. We had to go through therapy. We had to. My wife went and she got into a step study at CR and she did the inventory and 
She learned her part. She learned my part. I mean, it, it was a lot of work. It didn't happen overnight, by no means. No, no. So I, 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 I did want to say that. I, can I throw out, like, I, I'd like to have her on Understand Recovery. I would. I still would love to hear her side. Her Good side. luck. Yeah. I know. I Good know. luck. She kind of like my wife. She, she likes to be. She likes like to be in the background. Talk. She doesn't <laughs> want anybody. But but man, her, up until last year, I couldn't even get her to say hey. Dude, her her testimony is just as powerful, if not more. Most definitely because she stayed. Yeah. Then decided, no, I'm done, and then came back. I mean, she's so obedient to God's voice of this is the man I gave you. Let me fix him. And just, man. So she told me something while she was going through her steps that really stuck out to me. And she said that the whole time she was mad and wanted revenge and wanted wanted me to hurt. And whew, she went through her inventory. And when she was going through that, she said that God really, really let it be known he is hurting. Right. This is why we're here. Right. Mm. And. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's deep. Man. That changed everything. Yeah. Because she, because for the whole time she blamed herself. Right. She, she thought. What did I do wrong? Yeah. And for the first time she was able to say, okay, this isn't mine. Right. This is him. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. She, I remember. She I remember definitely Jenny, had the thought of I didn't do this. Yeah, Jenny said the same thing to me. You know, years ago, but you know, before she was able to forgive me um, when she left, and she was like, you know, what did I do wrong? What was I doing wrong? You know, what, what, There's, you know, how do you answer that? Nine you know? times out of ten, it's not you. Yeah. It's the person that's doing. That. I would try to explain yeah. it. It's not. It was nothing that's to do with you. It was every bit to do with me. And well, that's awesome. Her, her attitude came was back it, to that. It's like, was I, how was I not good enough for you? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's why, you know, later on, it was later that I accepted the fact that, yes, I was cheating. It was adultery. Yeah, but right. it wasn't until I got in the faith about that. Because when it was, when it was told to me in the Bible that it was adultery, you know. Yeah, right. so, and, I, and, I, and my heart hurt for her when I came to that realization. And my heart got broken all over again over the whole situation. Because now, I don't have her yeah. in that capacity. We're still, she's my best friend now. She's family. But, you know, and God, you know, God literally, uh, you know, she, it's amazing that the woman's even speaking to me what I put her through. <laughs> but, like, literally, I mean, if, if I can ever get her on an episode, and I've been in her ear about it, about uh, sharing her, her side of the story Jenny. of this, of all, Jenny, Jenny. Like, it's, it's just like you said, it's powerful. And, like, you know, she wasn't even going to ever have anything to do with me or speak to me again until the Holy Spirit literally woke her up in the middle of the night and told her, yes, you are. And she was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and he said, yes, you are. And um, and it wasn't long after that she fell obedient to the Lord's voice, and now she's one of the most important people and always will be in my life. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I, I'm glad we came back to, to that because uh, I don't think we've ever told that part no. ever. And um one to see your emotion is amazing because yeah. it's it's absolutely real, real. But two, I think a lot of people need to hear that. That um, nine times out of ten, it's not the in this case, it's it's not the wife's fault. The man's cheating, or that he has an addiction to sex or porn. 
um, it, she may be blamed, you know, we, we may blame, you know, our partner or whatever, but it's not their fault. Yeah. And, um, and also that, you know, there's nothing you could have done. I mean, yeah. he is, he was hurting. That's the reason yeah. he's going through this. That's a, that, that is a huge takeaway. And I'd like to read a, this, uh, this comment from uh, Miss Kosha McCrocklin, very close friend of mine. She said, "Praise God! God will allow what you can survive and what He can ultimately redeem. He will transform us in love and show us His ways." And that's very true. Amen, Kosha. Yeah. So, before I, I uh, <laughs> missed the opportunity, I, I I wanted to come over to Drew and and just ask, like, Drew, how did you how did you get into this? I mean. You know, did, as far as did y'all meet the podcast. So, like, <clears throat> obviously you did episode four with right. Josh. But, like, how was it that Josh was like, hey, I know I've done six more episodes without you. <laughs> but uh, I think this next season uh, I, I need a token black man. <laughs> Is that what he said? Well, so, no, were those he his words? He, no, that's definitely wasn't his words. <laughs> um, I think it was more along the lines of um, both of us were in the same CR group. We had both been talking about, you know, uh, recovery topics and in the CR group that we're in, I was I'm very vocal. Uh, well, I was. You haven't been this episode. Well, because I'm, I'm listening to. Josh's uh, I know, but yeah, I mean, he's I not vocal in any of the episodes. I am vocal, but when he does episodes. open his mouth and speak, oh, that's editing. He bad. is vocal, when, but Palmer edits him out. When he finally does open his mouth and talk, <laughs> man, the works. wisdom that comes out of his mouth is like so much better than what comes out of yours. Well, I mean, I've always been taught, you know. In silence, you hear you hear first, then you respond. You know, I mean, I could just throw words out there and it not mean much, you know. But I feel like to really hit home sometimes, yeah, yeah you just bring what you know as as far as wisdom. Um, I've walked this this path six years now, but I mean, I was an addict for over twenty. Yeah, you know, um, and I think that was a the issue when Josh is, was doing this podcast on season one was the fact that. He knew from a sex addiction aspect, but there was never really any substance or right. alcohol abuse, you know, in that. And so when I gave my relapse story, you know, it was pretty, you know, I think we had a lot of people end up kind of buying into it, well, looking into that, and they started downloading it. And then that's when it really took off. And then so I think he did, what, two more episodes, and he was just like, hey, you know. Well, we had done, because you were on episode four, and we did all it to it was, episode 12 in that first season okay but me and you had been talking through that time yeah because i was like hey that was kind of fun no. you know what i mean well i mean it was because just to relate information for me that's that's how i am i'm always full of either useless information <laughs> or very useful information it's one or the other it's no in between and so with the recovery i try my best to lay out all the information that i've ever gathered all the information that has affected my heart to change it, to put that out there for somebody else and hopefully save somebody else's life. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I don't think the podcast would be what it is without, you know, a you. Right. And what I mean is even if it wasn't a you, wasn't you per se, it needed to have the somebody um, with a substance, substance abuse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, there's probably a lot more people out there like me and you that, Addicted to sex and porn, but um, they don't talk. They're not going to talk about it. And so, to be more relatable, right? We've had ninety eight percent substance abuse people, right? You know, and then you've had people who've been to prison. I've, of course, I've I've walked that path as well, right? Um, you know, 
and after being an addict for so long and then going to prison and having my life stripped down to, you know, nothing. I think we were talking about earlier how we were both homeless and eating out of trash cans and all that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, that's that's extreme. Right. You know, that's the extreme. I was pulling I was pulling up puddle happen. water and shooting it. Yeah. I I can relate. Yeah. I can definitely relate. But I mean, it's just one of those things like I've always wanted my to do my best to help somebody else yeah remember. that's the goal you know um through throughout the years i've been able to help at least what was it 50 or 60 people find a rehab or they get on their recovery journey some yeah. kind of way i mean that's not for me to brag because it's not right me that's doing it that's god that's all god anything right. that i have right now yeah, is just because a vessel of god. yeah just i mean being an obedient vessel right well I'll try try my best right. uh <laughs> yeah. Anger sometimes gets the best of that, but uh, that's one of those things I'm still working on, yeah. you know. And that's just yeah. one of those things that I'm 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 trying to surrender to God completely. But you know, you want to grab that thing back and oh yeah, and throw sure. it like a boomerang every now and then. But, so I, I love my team so much that God has put together, man, because every single one of us has struggled with addiction in some right. way, shape, or form, man. It's like God put us all together because we've been there, like we know. We know, you know, and but that uh, relapse story. That was what would, you know, I think that's what I think it was. U turn, you said that used it. Uh, U turn was using uh, denial. Denial, got you. But you know, the relapse story for me Tell that, river that in was Egypt. that was what really jump started my recovery. You know, um, <laughs> y'all are so silly. <laughs> denial is not just a river in Egypt. Both of y'all fired. Fire both of y'all. I'm firing <laughs> you, you from fire me from my podcast, podcast right now. You can't but, fire you know, me. I've um, been fired. But after, you know, trying to, trying to, what what was the word you use? Unalive myself, yeah. you know, and, and then walking that path. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I tried to unalive myself. Jesus made it, boy. You know. Uh, <laughs> but it was just, it was just one of those things, like, how can I give what I have? Because it was so good. And it's still so good. How can I give this away to somebody else? Right. You know, and then he gave me a way to do it in Mass A to everybody else. So I just, yeah. Another comment I'd like to read from Klausma is recovering is very, very much the same from pain, trauma, drugs, and porn. Amen. I'm going to tell you all something. Um, Drew, uh, she said very useful. Very useful. Very, I can yeah. definitely relate. I can definitely relate. <laughs> very useful or useless. I relate. Um. So I'm going to tell y'all, look, um, I've listened to several um, Unashamed Recovery um, podcasts, and I'm going to tell y'all, my favorite one so far, guess, it's not Palmer's, no. It was Amber's, man. Yeah. That was a good one. Amber was a powerful, what number was that? 49. 49. I don't know, I don't have my phone pulled up because you yelled at me for having my phone pulled up. So I'm going to tell y'all the two two best episodes, uh, go to Unashamed Recovery Podcast, and the two y'all need to focus on are 42 and 49. Those are the two best episodes they have ever done. Wait till you get to number 59. That's about to hit. Yeah. 59 is good. no. 60. 60. 60. Actually, 59 and 60 both, man. 59 is good, but 60 with... With Danny Ivy, yes. So, so for those of you or in this room, Palmer, <clears throat> that think I don't really offer much, I am going to do a topic episode on uh, be for real. Uh, it's just one of those things that's so. When God speaks to me, sometimes I'm telling you right now, it's like a song lyric, and it just keeps replaying. 
over and over and over until I get the message. Mm. So be for real. It's just something that God's really been putting on my heart here lately. And it's just about these things that we pray for, these things yeah. that we we ask God for, um, the things, the blessings that we get from God that we often mishandle these things is because we don't keep it real with ourselves about how to do it. You know, um, there's been blessing after blessing that I've received that I don't go back to God for. I just continuously mishandle it. Yeah. And then I get stressed out and then I get angry and then I get frustrated. And then, you know, um, I find myself feeling desperate again. You know, it's just one of those things. But why am I feeling this way? It's because I keep mishandling the things that I'm praying for and these gifts and blessings, yeah. you know. So it's just we're going to kind of dig into that. And you said that's going to probably be what the yeah. next one or the next one. Which right. episodes did you say were the best? 42 and 45? For, 42 and 49. Make no mistake, forty-two <laughs> and forty. Episode forty-two is called the Black Sheep. Well, it, and yeah. hey, I was going to say episode forty-three, right? That's pretty good too. Confrontation of the Spirits. Forty-three is. Oh good. yeah, that one. John good. Layton was really good. That forty-five episode yeah. was John great. Layton's really good. Tank was really good. Oh yeah, tank, tank was, was really good. Tank. I mean, y'all, y'all. I mean, look, go check it. Listen, qu- real quick, everybody's listening. Just go check out any episode of Unashamed Recovery. Yeah, I don't know what that. Started right. episode one, but I'm telling you, look. Uh, no, and, and for my listeners, and I'm no, you know, not, look. Some I, of them sound like we're in a hallway. Well, I haven't. So. I have not <laughs> had. I have not had an opportunity on the black sheep to do my own testimony. I'm sure. I mean, I've shared stories and bits yeah. and pieces here, but you know, I, the Unashamed episode is out there. Unashamed Recovery is episode four. Two is called the Black Sheep. If y'all want to go get a you know a deeper depth of of my testimony, I'll eventually do it on here. I'm I'm just you know I'm I'm waiting for God to tell me to do it if that makes sense, right? So um, also uh, Palmer's got an episode on um, Unashamed that everybody should check out. And it's it, and all BS aside, it is a phenomenal episode because it, and I like it so much because um, the title is just so groovy. It's Sex, drugs, and rock and roll without the drugs. Now, how how do you go? How do you have, live a lifestyle of a rock, the rock star lifestyle and not get involved in drugs? Well, ask Palmer; he'll tell you all about it in episode number forty-five. Start listening. Start listening at episode thirty-six because everything before then, we can't promise audio quality. Gotcha. <laughs> we can't so, promise audio. Also, quality I'd now. like a, to throw a big shout out to Aubrey Pridgen, Scott Walters, Chastity Walters, and and uh, Brandy Pridgen for for being the first ever sponsors of the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare podcast. Awesome. They have sponsored. They uh they gave us some sponsorship yesterday. And if you uh, would like to contact them at All Things New, you can go to their website. And if you need a phone to- phone number to get in touch with Aubrey and then I um I- I'll have it. I'll have the link posted on my website, which is under construction right now. Should be done by Monday. I'm thinking. So we'll have our website up and running by Monday uh, or sometime next week. Um, also, there will be a link for Audio Alchemy Productions for my boy Danny over there, Danny Anderson. And uh, there will be uh, other links uh, to uh, other ministries, um, you know, as we as we get them. So I'm, we're also going to have a, a link for Unashamed Recovery uh, that will go straight to their website where you can catch their episodes. Sound good? Yep, sounds great, man. Man, we look, look forward to it. it has been a true. Also, also, there will be a link to Giving Grace Music <laughs> on the main webpage of the Black Sheep Recovery Warfare webpage so that if you want to book them, if you want to listen to their music. Podcast hell that I'm in. 
And if and if you would like to donate to any of these ministries, there will be links for that too. But if you have not heard Giving Grace Music, please check them out. They are amazing. I know I give Palmer a lot of grief, but he is my brother, and I love him, and he is so very talented, and I'm so proud of the way that the Lord is using him on that stage. If y'all would have seen him the other night at this event, banging his head with that rat tail, flinging, flinging back and forth. I mean, talking about praising God. I was in. I was just. I was in awe of it. I was in awe of it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, oh, and uh, you can literally watch the whole event on. Uh, was it on your YouTube, Danny? Uh, on uh, Danny's YouTube channel, which is on your YouTube too. Audio Alchemy. Uh, YouTube channel, and it's on my YouTube also. Yeah, we live streamed to to Black Sheep. Did we? Well, we live streamed uh, Facebook. Yeah, Kosha said that's a mohawk. <laughs> it is. Tell a mohawk. Him, I called it a rat tail. I thought I'm gonna call you in a minute, Kosha. I need a haircut. I need. Listen, Kosha. I don't know if you noticed, but I, I shaved all the stuff off. I need you to fix this, please. <laughs> We're going to do a whole episode on why you thought it was a good idea to shave your face. After it was a great idea. Years. I've got nothing but compliments on it. And, and I was told that I look 15 years younger, so it stays off. Mm. I might grow me something like what Josh got or like Jonah got over there, but we'll see. So with uh, all that being said, and thank you for joining us for this wonderful edition of Black Sheep Recovery Warfare Podcast and hit my music. And I'll see you in the next couple months. You're fine.